Hello everyone. I'm doing things a little bit differently this episode. I will be interviewing comedian and podcast host Scott Curtis on this episode. I usually record this part after I've spoken with the guest, but I decided to do it this way. We'll see if my my hopes and dreams live up uh, to the uh, actual interview. Uh, and if it doesn't, I'll maybe just re-record this intro. But Scott Curtis, uh, as you'll find out, I'm sure, he is a very late bloomer uh, to comedy. He started at age 50, I believe it was, was the first time he started comedy. And then he uh, started his Beyond the Bits podcast, which is really a good comedy podcast. Uh, I've I've enjoyed listening to that, preparing for... Uh, this show, and I will say it's one of the uh, podcasts I'm glad I've stumbled upon. It's one I am now following on Spotify and will continue to do so uh, even after I'm done speaking with Mr. Curtis. Um, so we'll talk to him in just a bit. I'm hoping I can be lively and spirited. I had uh, did not have my children this weekend, and I had a uh, a doozy of a weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, one thing that really, I, I know I, I took a picture at one point of, uh, I think, just the, the bay. Uh, I was out on a boat Sunday. Uh, it was really fun. I don't think I've been on a boat since COVID's happened. Frankly, boating seems like one of the safer things to do. Like, you're out in the open air, uh, all of that. Uh, I'm not really sure what the reason is. I just uh, actually haven't seen a lot of people I saw yesterday for a while. Uh, so it was fun. We went to uh, went to Island Grill, and I'll, I'll call them out by name because going back to my, uh, my keto thing that drives everyone crazy... I can't get mixed drinks at any bars anymore, so I just have to order Crown Royal on the rocks, and I gotta give it to them. That was a full glass, not too much ice, but they filled that thing up, so definitely enjoyed the pours, and uh, definitely enjoyed having a good time, and also I I realized, I discovered that my, um, I used to have this instinct or, uh, that I think usually did me well. It was, things are getting fuzzy, it's time for me to get out of here. Um, it's maybe not the best thing for a heavy drinker to have, potentially, and I imagine the people, like like my buddy yesterday who texted me and called me to make sure I actually got home okay, uh, <laughs> it could be concerning that I just disappear randomly, but I've got this instinct of... Things are getting fuzzy. Things are about to go down. I should get home. Uh, and apparently, I, I haven't had to use that instinct in quite a while, but uh, apparently I did yesterday, and I I walked home. Uh, and, and the great thing was this was sometime a little before 8 p.m., it looks like, from looking at my uh, pedometer on my iPhone here. So <laughs> it was an early day. Uh, didn't help that lost an hour uh, in the beginning of it. And, uh, yeah, I definitely had my first drink in me at, I want to say, 10.30. So it was a, still a nice long Sunday <laughs> for me uh, uh, out 
and about on Saturday. This is this is where people who don't live in warm weather places, I don't know how you do it. I kind of envy sometimes the cold, especially in the summer, even though I think it's pretty much just as hot everywhere else. But my goodness, so it was Saturday, I go golfing. There's not a cloud in the sky. It was like 75 degrees, maybe 78. You know, I, I uh, terrible at golf. But I, I went out there with my good buddy Chris, who I haven't seen in a while either. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people I haven't seen in a while I saw this weekend. Uh, it was just the two of us, so the, the club gave us a solo golfer so that tee times could uh, work out well for everyone. So we, we played, uh, it's only a nine-hole course. We played first nine with an uh, older gentleman named Judd, and he, he gave me the, the great line that I've heard my entire life is, you've got a voice for radio, I said, and the face. Um, so I did tell him I do actually have a podcast. So if Judd finds this, shout out to Judd. It was a, he was a, he was a lot of fun uh, to uh, play a, play nine with. Then they they stuck a the second nine we played. Uh, they stuck a fifteen year old kid with us who kicked my ass. He shot a thirty four on the on the nine holes. Uh, it's a par three course, so it's not not as impressive. Uh, I shot a forty three. So yes, I am. T- terrible at golf. I blame my pitching wedge. Uh, I, I lost, a couple years ago, I lost my pitching wedge, which usually did me quite nicely, but I lost it because I threw a temper tantrum. I threw the club and I forgot to go pick it up. So if someone got a, a decent pitching wedge that they found, uh, I went to the thrift store and paid like a dollar fifty for the only right-handed pitching wedge they have before I went golfing a month or two ago. Um, I blame the club, although in fairness, I think it's probably the golfer. I don't think I have the attention or the focus to golf properly. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a tough, tough game. I noticed a few times on a long putt, even I noticed, I'm like, I wasn't even paying attention to where I was shooting the ball. I was just hitting it. <laughs> in the general direction. That's not how you're supposed to golf. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I think I've got, like, adult-onset ADD. Uh, and then when I focus on golf, everyone knows what happens when you focus on golf. You try to do 17 different things with your swing, and you really fuck it up. Uh, so, not a banner day for me on the golf course. Uh, but... Uh, Shout out to the 15-year-old kid for uh, beating me and uh, and Chris, although he I think he only beat Chris by one. So uh, I got my ass handed to me uh, pretty much every hole. So still fun, still fun, and still, you know, spoiled down here that I can golf and go boating uh, in early, mid-March down here in Florida. Uh you know, St. Petersburg, there's a reason I live here and uh, never plan to leave. So anyways, we will get to the podcast here after a quick word from my sponsor. Uh, just a heads up as far as future episodes. 
it looks like I've got five, four or five additional guests booked here through the end of March. So I might be able to, you know, put a couple in a can and uh, extend them out. Hoping to hit a couple open mics next week. I've taken, you know, a couple months to try to organize what I've done, what I thought I needed to work on. And we'll see if that helped or if I fall flat on my face. But it's an open mic. What are you going to do? Uh, also, I will be a guest on a couple of podcasts upcoming here in a couple weeks. I think I'll probably put out another podcast before then uh, so I can give you a confirmation of when and where you can find that if you are at all interested and lastly, uh, I got a nice little boost in the uh, in the ratings uh, Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, of this past week. So I appreciate that. Uh, if you if you aren't like the Facebook page, so you can stay up to date when new episodes come out. Follow me on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple. If you have an iPhone, go into that podcast app and give me a five-star review if you don't mind. And write a review. Write a funny review I can read on the podcast. Uh, If you make fun of me, that will be even better. uh, Because I will read it exactly as you write it. Uh, And, uh, oh, Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at SaintJMac. Also, I have an Instagram that I barely use, but I'm trying to because, you know, I'm told you really have to use all of this stuff. So, starting to uh, try to remember to take some pictures and put that out on Instagram. So, follow me there as well, and I will try to entertain you. Anyways, after this uh, brief message, we'll be talking to Scott Curtis. Hope you enjoy. We have Scott Curtis on with us. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, Scott. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I, I reached out to you uh, for reasons that are probably obvious to anyone who's listened to my podcast. Uh, when I when I I read your bio a little bit, I am uh, a 34 year old dinosaur trying to break into comedy, and I saw you. <laughs> you you make me feel young. <laughs> Yeah, if you're a dinosaur, then I'm like the uh, sludge that was at the bottom of a lake before dinosaurs walked the earth. <laughs> it was, uh, and you were, was it 50 when you started? Uh, actually, it was 52. I think I may have 50 on my bio, but mm. I did a uh, check of when I actually started, I was 52. So it's been about, I'm almost at five years now. Gotcha. Now, and you also have the uh, Beyond the Bits podcast, which I'll I'll bring up a few times. But that's a a real. I mean, I I love I love it. It's uh, I'm glad I discovered it, even if I didn't get to talk to you, because I subscribed to that on Spotify and was listening to some of the the back catalog on that. It's I, I love the, uh, especially as someone again trying to break into the comedy uh, realm. That's some of that stuff is just excellent information. So. Thank you. What, uh, I guess, what inspired you 
so so I don't want to say late in the game. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. jinx anything. <laughs> but what inspired you to really uh, take the plunge? Yeah, really, I have to go back to when I was a kid. So being, let me see, you're 34, so I'm 20, at least 22 years older than you. When I was a kid, we had basically three channels, and we had a lot of afternoon talk shows. Mike Douglas Show, Dinah Shore, Merv Griffin. And I was watching Mike Douglas, and I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. And this dude, Tom Dreesen, comes on and does this comedy bit. You know, he does five minutes of comedy and just totally blew me away. I was like, comedy is the coolest. You know when you discover stuff when you're a kid? You, yeah. I mean, you've heard stuff. I mean, I had one of Bill Cosby's albums and stuff like that, but I had never seen it done on TV. And he was just so sure of himself, and he was just so good at it. I was like that's what I want to do. And I used to just get the TV guide and scour all the talk shows to see which one he was going to be on and just watch him. And I was like totally a super fan. And then I moved on. I mean, after that, you know, Steve Martin came on and I was a big fan of his. And then Dave Letterman started and I was like, the biggest super and i am not a fanboy of anything <laughs> I, I i never have been but as far as letterman was concerned i would stay up and watch it every night and that was all the way through till you know when i had my own kids and so i was a super fan of letterman and i got into life just like most people do i i'm what uh, Ron Bennington, if you ever listen to him, I'm what Ron Bennington calls a ham and egger. I just got a job, mm -hmm. did the job, uh, was married. I've been married for 34 years this year. Uh, no, 33 years this year. And I uh, <clears throat> had kids and just worked and did my thing. I mean, there was nothing special about my life except for the fact that I still love comedy. I would go out and watch it live whenever I could and also watched all the specials and got into all, all the comics that were coming up and so that was always in my mind now I've been at the place where I work now for 16 years and I had been there for I guess 11 years and the um, guy who put on the parties our company party came to me and said, hey, we've had a magician the last three years and we're sick of him. We want you to do stand-up for the uh, company party. Now, the irony there is I have never gone to the company party <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not a company guy. I do my job and I, I've just never been one of those guys that showed up for the parties because I party in a different way than they do. So <laughs> it, was, it was just, I, I, I didn't Feel I needed to do that so he asked me and I said no I'm not a comic and let it go and then he asked me again he asked me again and he just wouldn't leave me alone so I finally came home and told my wife and said you know Michael is just bugging me about doing stand-up for the company party and I don't know what to say and she said well you know you want to do it you you've always wanted to do this so do it so I did it, you know, and I had a really good time. I, I like roasted a lot of the people. It was, it's a lot easier doing it in that type of an atmosphere because you know everybody and sure. you can 
you can do it. So I did 45 minutes my first time. Oh, wow. And they paid me 150 bucks. So I, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So I, <laughs> after that, I started talking to my wife. I said, you know, I really like doing that, but I want to try to do it for like other people and try open mics and stuff. So I found out the local comedy club had an open mic, and there was a couple other ones that were semi-regular in, in the town that I'm in and I started doing them and I really, really dug doing them. I mean, I totally shit the bed. Um, <laughs> can I cuss? Uh, I can cuss, right? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I, I totally shit the bed, uh, a lot and I, I didn't really care. That's one thing when you're older, I mean, at 34, you've lived some life, and you've probably had some really terrible stuff happen to you, <laughs> and so have I. So what, it's funny, when you're in your 20s, a lot of the time, a lot of times you haven't had that yet, and bombing is like the worst thing in the world, but when you're older, I mean, you know, I've had friends die, you know, I've had yep. relatives die, you know, I've, I've uh, had all kinds of bad things happen so bombing is like eh, whatever you know it's no biggie so i kept doing it and doing it and the young comics that are in my area kind of took me on as their grandpa and they were they always laughed at the fact that i work pretty clean i'm i don't use language or anything like that in in my act even though i cuss like a sailor in real life and uh i actually started getting kind of good at it and i treated it as a hobby but i wrote a lot and i did as much as i could and then you know right before the pandemic i decided you know okay i'm going to get serious about this i'm going to start traveling i'm going to do shows that are further away from the audiences i'm used to and really try out my stuff and it was probably a couple months after i really got serious about it the pandemic hit and so here i am and i the podcast came about at about at the same time I got serious about comedy because I wanted to do what you're listening to. I wanted to have a podcast about stand-up comedy where we're not we're not cutting up, we're not having a morning zoo show. We're actually talking about okay, what works, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. What, what did you get good advice? Did you get bad advice? When did you finally feel like you were comfortable upstage? on stage those types of things are the things that i go for so here i am i'm i'm ready to get back on stage after i uh get my next shot of the um vaccine and my second grandson's born and i feel like i'll probably be two years behind because uh because of the time i took off right right that's uh i'm lucky down here i don't know if you you're in indiana right so I, I'm lucky down here. The comedy clubs have been open for months now, and I still avoided them for a long time. I mean, I'm generally low risk, but I've got parents and everything, so yeah, you know, it just didn't seem like a great idea to go in there. Um, but uh, they're, you know, they're open. They, I, I think they they function pretty well as far as uh, not many people show up to the open mic nights I go to anyway. So it's, <laughs> social distancing wasn't yeah. a problem before the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And it's it's funny, I noticed, it, it seems like most of the open micers when I go are either older than you 
or like high school <laughs> college kids. It's it's yeah. one or the other. There aren't many. I mean, not to lump us in the same. There aren't many in our age group, like the thirty yeah. to, to sixty, kind of the yeah. the still working age. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, that's... we used to have a guy show up to the open mic I went to on the regular that uh, he was in his seventies and. I mean, he said the foulest things. I mean, the, the words that came out of his mouth. And, and it's kind of funny for like a minute to hear somebody that looks like your great-grandpa swearing like that and and talking about, you know, having sex with a lot of women and stuff like that. But it wears, it wears off like after a minute. But, you know, that was his shtick, and I think that made him feel good. So he, he was coming up for quite a while, and I, I know what you're talking about because that was kind of the situation here, too. Yeah, and well, and I think, so one thing another comedian said to me is, and, and you're obviously in the same boat, is, you know, uh, he said a lot of comedians never had an office job. They, they maybe worked in a call center. Yeah. They, they didn't have to climb the corporate ladder, play those bullshit games and all of that. Right. You have an experience that most of the audience has that most other comics don't have. So yeah, yeah, he's you know he he's trying to steer me more to you know focus on the clean corporate type comedy, uh, you know the uh, of course, and I know it's hack, but you know the the second time I went up, I talked for five minutes about penises. I mean uh, that's yeah. that's that's the hack. You have to yeah, yeah. and it got the most laughs. laughs. Got the most laughs better than the other times I went up. Uh, it's like a merit. It's like a merit badge. You get, you get your dick joke merit badge, and uh, then you get your eating ass merit badge, and then you can start doing the clean stuff. Yeah, no, that's uh, so. Now I'm 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 trying to focus more on that area, and and I always and and actually similar to you, I think I always talk about uh, you know I got my college girlfriend pregnant in my last semester of college, so I was 22, got a job at 23, had a baby. Got married at 24. I had another kid at 25. Probably not the best yeah. life decisions, a few of those, but, yeah. you know, you can't, don't want to change any of it. Then got divorced at 27, so that's where I, <laughs> so I'm like, I lived my mid-30s in my early 20s. I had a back yeah. surgery yeah. at 25, so I got all that shit. I had a resume of a 40-year-old when I was 27, and now it's like, yeah. oh, I can party half the time because my kids aren't here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of life experience, and like you said, that's what a lot of the twenty-year-olds don't have yet. Right. Well, that's even, and I, I, I realize that now as my friends are in their early to mid thirties, they're all maturing and settling down. I'm like, oh, I was just getting in the groove here, guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, I'm I'm working on a premise of it's a game of musical chairs. Nobody told me the music was going to stop, and I had to find a chair. Yeah. It's, everyone else is like, yeah, we're we're just going to go to dinner and call it an early night. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> we have a lot of friends like that, and my wife and I are we're, we like to stay out late. I mean, I miss music as much as I do comedy, and we, you know, we were always the last people out of the bar, and we still are. But all of our friends go home; they they make it till maybe midnight, and that's it. <laughs> so is uh, and 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 I think that's uh, a lot of comedians have a similar personality to that. <laughs> Yeah, is um, the the thing I always hear, and and someone said this to me a, a couple weeks ago, basically is so. What's broken in you that makes you think you should want to be a comedian? Yeah. What what's broken? Yeah, yeah, and I I agree that just about everybody I've talked to, whether they admit it or not, they do 
have something that's happened, you know, either a, a parent didn't pay attention to them, they've got depression, they've, they, they've got something that drives them to get on the stage. And if they didn't have that, if there wasn't something wrong, then they wouldn't have that need and we wouldn't have comedians. So I'm very, very thankful for the fact that I've got a lot wrong with me and other comedians do too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a blessing to, uh, to everyone that yes, <laughs> people are born it. broken. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, one thing that I, I kind of, I'm always interested in, and it's amazing how even comics who are older than me, but and have you know decades of experience already, um, a, a guy like uh, uh, Mark Norman. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but yeah. I'll hear him talk, and he'll be talking about, oh, I'd love to get into acting in this, and he's he's about to turn forty. He's been doing this for so long. Yeah. I always wonder, and this long long-winded question is there a specific avenue or goal or are you just kind of along for the ride to see where it leads yeah and just recently i've been trying to find a way to make the podcast and my stand-up make enough money that i don't have to have a job that is as responsible as i have now my job carries a fair amount of responsibility right now, and I'd like to cut down on that a little bit and have enough of a revenue stream coming from both of those that I can, you know, take something that has a little bit less responsibility. My wife and I are uh, we're up north now, and we really don't want to be anymore, so we we're looking at uh, relocating southern uh at uh some point as soon as possible and the doing that puts me in an area where there's a lot more comedy hubs like florida like uh, right. atlanta nashville and things like that where up north here there isn't as much we pretty much got chicago gotcha yeah no yeah. And that that's i feel like i was just talking to uh, another buddy of mine who's actually a, a local radio personality, so he kind of has a leg up on you know, name recognition, yeah. but he just is starting to do stand-up, and uh, we were talking about a little bit. He's like, I, I told him, I think Tampa Bay has a bit... I mean, it's got a decent comedy scene already, but I think it's taken another step up, and I think, honestly, the pandemic is going to cause that to happen. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you know of all the comics who are leaving L.A. and everything and yeah. dispersing throughout the country. I think that's... Yeah. I think that's great because I'm never going to live in New York or L.A. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you, if you're funny, you should be able to be funny no matter where you live. Is kind of what I what I'd like right. to think at least. But and uh, when you look at when you look at the pay rates, the pay is better in your state than it is in New York or L.A. Unless you're like, you know, I don't know uh, Jerry Seinfeld or something like that. So I mean, you you really have to be big to to get the big pay at the clubs on either coast whereas the midwest and the south you you can write your own ticket because they they need you and they want you yeah no it's it's an advantage and i'll tell you i was i mentioned right before i hit record i was bragging about living in st pete i went golfing and i went boating uh saturday and sunday i mean it's I, I i know i work with a lot of people who are up north they're like yeah it's gonna be in the 30s this weekend i'm like I'm, yeah. I'm golfing and I'm going to be sweating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I I don't I don't know how you guys do it up up north in uh, in the winter, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we don't enjoy it. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring. I just I'm looking at my notes here. I wanted to bring up and I <laughs> one of your bits. Um, uh, I'm just watching some of your stand up on YouTube. Um, the one where you talk about uh, someone saying they remind you of Harrison Ford. Oh yeah. <laughs> I loved it because I went on a rant, and this was a, a, a Zoom call I had that wasn't for a podcast or anything. My hair was a little shorter, and I had these stupid blue light glasses that I wear on the screen. I didn't realize. And at some point, someone said, you know, you, you look a little like Robert Downey Jr. if he let himself go. And I'm like, Robert Downey Jr. let himself go. He was a drug addict. And he's 20 years older than me. That's not a compliment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Harrison Ford joke is really funny because it's true. And I've done a lot of... Obviously, the only thing that's true about it is a cashier said I look like Harrison, an older Harrison Ford. So that was it. And it wasn't even a gas station. It was at a restaurant. But I took it to the gas station. I have refined that joke so many times. There are probably at least 12 different iterations of that joke and it used to be at the end of my act and now it's at the beginning of my act and I've totally and I actually did that because a uh, another comedian and comedy booker who used to book for the Carson show uh, I was doing a I was doing a thing with uh, Joel Byers out of Atlanta where he was dissecting my set and it's probably the one you watched and he didn't like that joke and he said, I like everything else. I don't like that joke. But Jimmy Brogan, who used to work for The Tonight Show, booking comics, came on the chat and said, that's the best joke of the whole set. <laughs> <laughs> and Joel's like, okay, well, what do I know then? And, uh, but I've done a lot with it. I've shortened it. I've lengthened it. I've done all kinds of stuff with it. And right now I've got it to a point where I think I like it because I say I do it more mid set now, and I say, uh, you know, uh, the cashier said I look like a. Uh, no, I went into the gas station to buy a lottery ticket because comedy, as you can tell, comedy sure isn't going to pay the bills. And then I do do it from there, and then I shorten the end of it. And it's really funny how you you get these jokes, and you know they're always going to be with you, but you always want to make them better. So I've I could write probably a whole book just on how I've changed that joke. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. That's something... Uh, someone said this to me when I was just practicing, not on stage, but I was kind of running through a, a story I was going to tell. They're like, mm-hmm. comedic embellishment. You need to make it more interesting, make it more yeah. fun. It doesn't need to be true. Yeah. You know, the punchline can be true, but... Yeah. You can't tell five-minute story just to hit a punchline because right. you're going to lose everyone until that very last moment. So yeah. that's I, I think that's the uh, – I don't know if you agree. I think that's the hardest thing for me. I, I like – I'm not really a set-up punchline guy. Uh, right. It needs to be – I, I can only do yeah. storytelling. <laughs> yeah. And my the, – the thing that I have to do in order to remember my set and remember my jokes is everything has to be rooted in truth. And it, it may be a very, very small part. Like I do, uh, I do one about people saying my wife and I have nothing in common. And that right. one is rooted in truth because when we first started dating, 
everybody said, you guys got nothing in common. You're never going to make it. And here we are. So I, <laughs> I, I shows what I, they I, know. <laughs> yeah. I do, so I, I take it from there and because it's rooted in truth, I remember it. And so that's what I have to do. Otherwise I don't remember my set. Right. No, that that's, I was actually going to ask you about that as well. how, how easy it is to get up there and actually remember all the tags and all that. Cause I've, I found that, uh, and I've, I've taken a couple months to try to organize and regroup, but I found some of the funniest lines I, I'm going to say, and I'm not somebody who's going to go up there with a notepad or anything. Cause I, that's just not my personality. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I think it'll just not, not fit what I'm trying to uh, portray out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I forget the best lines almost every time I go up. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that. But then I added in the, the other, um, uh, the last time I went up, I improv for the first time instead of kind of scripted. I, I, I was following the script, but I was talking about how miserable it is dating. I went into a relationship and a marriage when the only people who dated online were ugly freaks. I mean, yeah. you know, you can't get a person in real life. You got to go on the computer. I came out and that was the only way. To, to get a date is on these dating apps. I had a girl at a bar yeah. walk away from me because she asked what dating apps I'm on. I said, I don't do that shit. And she said, oh, that's sketchy. Bye. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I point out I'm terrible at dating. I'm terrible at dating apps. It's been so long since my friend has seen me with a girl. I'm going to need to come out of a closet as heterosexual again. Yeah. Uh, and that, that last part, I just kind of just winged and that got the best laugh of the whole set. I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe I need to relax up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, do you do you have any other than just uh, memory tricks that you do? I mean, on stage, yeah, just so you... uh, one, one of the things I've learned being in the pandemic, so basically my memory trick would be I would just say my act uh, verbatim a million times so that I wouldn't miss anything. And then I'd still miss stuff. <laughs> so one of the things I've learned during the pandemic and doing some zoom comedy and stuff like that, I've learned to loosen up a little bit and not think about, okay, I got to remember these jokes and stuff like that. I pause more. I look at the audience and I, I, I do a little bit of crowd work and stuff like that. Zoom crowd works actually pretty fun. So I think I've learned a little bit during this that I didn't have even going into it. So if I was to tell you how I do it now versus the way I used to, which is pretty much say it a million times and read it a million times, I will probably do it different when I get back on stage. <clears throat> right. Uh, that everything changes when the lights are on and you've yeah, got the microphone. Yeah. I still, I still don't feel good with the microphone. Even it's, it's, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I wish I could just wear a headset up there. Maybe yeah. so that's COVID too. I don't like kissing the microphone. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is I had actually made the, the decision, the conscious decision to keep the mic in the stand, which is one of the, weirdest decisions you can make to keep the mic in the stand when I do my act because I've always taken it out but I'm very handsy I, I'm, I'm always showing things and pointing to things and stuff like that and if I've got another hand free I can emote better because I'm not I, I'm kind of monotone and I don't like pace the stage or anything like that so leaving it in there I can move my body a little bit and actually emphasize the jokes so when I get back on stage 
I'm going to leave the mic in the stand and see how it works. You, you know what's funny, and that's uh, I'm, I might try that, but you know what's funny is I've actually been watching specials, and one thing I think is, is great nowadays is every Netflix has a gazillion comedy specials and YouTube. Uh, now guy, people are able to make some money posting specials on YouTube. I think that's all yeah. great. But I actually, and I can't remember which comic it was, but they had the mic, they're walking around, it's got the long wire, and I actually didn't pay attention for about 15 minutes of the special, because I was watching, like, is he going to trip? Is he going to yeah. trip over the wire? And I was just solely focused on the, him walking back and forth and the wire, and I'm yeah. like, I, 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 he obviously knows how to handle the mic well, but I... Maybe I'm just weird, but I feel like that just yeah. totally took away from everything he was doing because all I was doing was, oh, don't don't fall, don't yeah. don't fall. <laughs> yeah, I recently watched uh, one of Robert Klein's old specials uh, from the early '80s. It was one of the first HBO specials that he did, and he was so all over that stage. And I, I you don't remember that unless you watch it. And I was watching him and the way that he did it and. He's one of those guys that has a musical quality about him that if you if you aren't watching and you just listen to the jokes as he's saying them, it, it's almost like there's a beat to it. And that is art right there. Right. But the fact that he is walking around, emoting, looking at the audience at the same time as keeping the beat, I think that's just absolute genius. Yeah, it's... it's uh... And I think, and I know you've even mentioned this on your podcast, I think that's part of why going up on stage, even if you are just telling hacky jokes, just gaining the stage presence yes. aspect yep. of it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still waiting. And open mics, I always say the good thing with open mics is that you can't really bomb. I mean, nobody laughs right. all that much. Most yep. people there are comedians who are not paying attention to you. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're a little bit uh, bomb-proof. But I, yep. I'll be honest. I look forward to bombing just so I can feel it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I, I like awkward silences. It's I like it as much as laughter, so I'm totally cool with it. And one of the things that I've gotten from talking to all the comics I've talked to is that every open mic treat it like it's important. First of all, but second off, just have one goal every time. So. On this goal, on this night, I'm going to make sure I breathe because guess what? We forget to breathe when we're talking. Mm -hmm. And on this night, I'm going to practice just moving around the stage a little bit more. I'm going to hold my mic in this hand versus this hand. I, just one thing that you want to get down and then take notes on whether that worked or not. Bring that back and then you finally get to where you want to be as a person on stage and then you can start working on getting the material to match that right and i uh i need to i know you had mentioned um again i think this was on your podcast you mentioned you make sure you record yourself i i've been like the uh stealthy won't tell anyone i'm going to open mics so my friends don't come yes. and yeah <laughs> been doing that but the cross side is i've not seen myself on video one time yeah it's like <laughs> i should probably tell one friend come video it don't judge me yeah. Laugh. Yeah. yeah, and the video is important, but audio is important, too, because you mm. can listen to how you're saying So you can just turn the voice recorder on in your phone. And I do. The, I actually do the voice recorder on my phone probably 70%, and I do video like 
Gotcha. Actually, I've been so uh, one of the uh, actually the first guest I had on this podcast was Frank King, and he I, he was talking to me. He said you got to get the Comedy Bible, the new Comedy Bible by Judy Carter, and yeah. uh, that's uh, I've only read four chapters of it, but now my phone is full of hours of voice memos of me just yeah. talking. It, it, to me, it's so much easier to talk it through instead yeah. of actually typing out the material. So now yeah. I've got like five hours of voice memos from the past yeah. month that I have to sort through and see if I've got right. anything good in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I actually bought a little recorder that's uh, it's like got 64 gigs of memory to keep other than my phone just because I'm going to fill my phone up really quick if I keep uh, doing what I do with that. Yes. <laughs> but with that, I can I can very easily take it and hook it up to my computer and move those files into a folder and then listen to them when I want to. So I, I've actually done that, too. I haven't used it as much because I'm at home most of the time now, working from home. So, But when I was on the road, I had it by me all the time, and I'm like, you know... Uh, bad drivers you know just just make that note and then i won't forget it yeah see i have i have a terrible memory like i've got notebooks where i've written things and names even and i'm like i don't understand what was this supposed to be funny i don't remember <laughs> now 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 this play, may play a role in why my memory is not good if i write something yeah. down that's really funny when i've had a few of these <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe there's the a reason way. I don't remember them. <laughs> and the really sad thing is, is you've got something brilliant, and you know it's brilliant, and then you wake up the next day, and you knew you had something brilliant, but you can't remember what it is. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> I, I have had, and this is the weirdest thing, and this is one thing I haven't heard many people say. Now, I, I have had. The reason I even got involved in any of this, I, you know, my goal was never honestly to do stand-up. I had a dream, and I wrote a screenplay the morning after I had this dream, uh -huh. and uh, I reached out to Doug Stanhope, and I don't know why, but I just, he's my favorite. He was kind of the, yeah. the probably the most influential as far as being like, you can just be authentically you, flaws and yeah. all. And oh, yeah. be funny. Uh, I emailed him. He emailed me back. I just asked for advice, and he just he uh, he made a couple jokes. But he said basically just just finish it, like you, you know, yeah. finish it. Even if yeah. you, which was was meaningful to me as far as like okay, I can set a goal, a realistic goal. I don't need to make this movie. Great if I do, uh, but a goal is just finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. But I have had multiple dreams where I will wake up and I have a whole movie that played out in my head the night before. <laughs> oh, wow. So the really depressing thing is when I'm in a rush in the morning and I don't stop and write it down, it is gone like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 very quickly. Yeah, but, but I am blessed that I, I think I've got a couple legitimate TV and movie ideas solely based on a dream. Literally zero work for me. Uh -huh. <laughs> Just let the subconscious brew. Um, so do you do do you do like an Ambien and chase it with that whiskey, or <laughs> is, is that how you're getting those, or what's going on? No, I. You know what? I don't sleep much at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that helps. Yeah. So so, but when I do, the the funny thing is, I give up drinking. You know, every every five days or something. Uh, I don't have my kids tonight, so I'm having a few. Uh, a, a few, <laughs> and. Uh, 
I, I listened to the episode where you where you uh, said you were going to give it up for Lent or something like that. <laughs> you made it five days, yeah. You know, I was I was supposed to have a bunch of friends who did that too, and they all they all backed off that this weekend as well. So <laughs> it didn't work out for any of us. Yeah, this. This guy never gives up drinking. I don't drink that much, but when I do, I drink, and I, I I'm never giving it up. So, uh, <laughs> realistically, I, mean, I, I can go weeks. I can go. I can go. You know, weeks and not drink. But when I want to drink, I want to drink, and I do. Yeah, I've I've gone. You know, I have my kids half the time, so I'll have them five days straight, starting Wednesday. I won't drink for five days. Yeah. And in my head, I say. I won't drink that Monday or Tuesday either. I don't have the kids. Why would I? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing an open mic Tuesday. I, I'm going to yeah. have a few drinks after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's set realistic expectations. So, right, yeah. <laughs> plus, my doctor said my blood work looked like a non-drinker's. So oh, I'm still nice. relatively young. but <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Actually, the, the best thing, uh, I... If a better comedian had my doctor, they could come up. I'm working on on a bit with this. I had my doctor literally. He says, "Okay, every everything looks really good. You're very healthy for a 34 year old. I, I'm overweight." He's like, "Do you have any concerns?" I'm like, eh, "I'm suicidal sometimes, and uh, I, I want to lose a few pounds. I probably drink too much to lose a significant amount of weight. And of all of those things, he glues onto the alcohol." Not the suicide, the alcohol. Oh, really? <laughs> he goes on Google, and his screen is looking at me. I see he's on Google, and he types in alcohol abuse disorder. <laughs> he reads uh, off what Wikipedia says it is. <laughs> then yeah. he scrolls down and clicks on a quiz, and he gives me an internet quiz to see if I have alcohol abuse disorder. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I can see that you're just... Do you have a medical degree? <laughs> So I, I can't even think of, of how to punch that up, but it's like the, yeah. it's like a doctor out of a sitcom. Like he, he yeah, I just yeah, I just Google it. It's it's all yeah, the same. That, that's really good. I mean, that whole premise you could get a lot of tags off that. No, yeah, and that the the great thing is, as you said earlier, it's it's real. It actually happened. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a one time thing. The year before, he's like, oh, you got some some spots on your back. Let me. Oh, sunspots, yeah. There's this cream. Yeah. <laughs> I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm thinking of, of somehow punching it up to make it where I, I trick Google into my quiz about, you know, alcoholism is the top Google result that he finds. Yeah. Or maybe making up a disease that so when he Googles it, he'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, this looks legit. Yeah. I, I guess I need to give you unlimited amounts of medicinal marijuana. And w- yeah. What is medicinal cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a tag right here because one, one of my favorite things is to fix people's jokes. Mm. So, uh, you, you go through. So basically, some the IT guy comes in and goes through his uh, search history on Google, and it's alcoholism, spots on the back. <laughs> How to smuggle cocaine? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> something really, just really off the wall, and and that would be a good way to tie that joke up because yeah. you can get your tags on the fact that he just just glossed over the suicide thing and went <laughs> right to the alcoholism, and and then 
do a whole other part of it that's about the quiz and then go then you can finish it off with the uh the IT has to clear his search history all the time because this is what's on it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I like I I always try to make the mental notes, and this is where I feel like uh, some of this becomes this social awkwardness at times, where you need something funny happens and you immediately go to a notebook or your phone to make a note. Like, don't forget this thing happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's, I, I think also comedians, as funny as on stage, uh, as funny as they can be on stage, I've yet to meet one in real life who it's like, yeah, you're not socially awkward at all. They're, they're all little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's really, it's really funny how we are because we're not small talkers. We don't, right. you know, like when we started, you got right into talking about what you want to we didn't talk about the weather. We didn't talk about sports. We, when we find something that we're passionate about, you know, I'm really passionate about comedy. I'm uh, passionate about schlocky horror movies. Um, I like uh, like chick flicks and uh, watching <laughs> stuff like Firefly Lane with my wife. And so I, those are the things that I can talk about passionately. But we, we just went hiking with a group this weekend. And I, ha- I didn't have shit to say to him because I, I told one guy I was a comic and he's like, ah, I never would have thought that. And because, <laughs> because they're talking about they're talking about real life stuff that matters to them. And, you know, when you're a comic, nothing really matters to you except for doing the comedy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this isn't helping my act. I'm not really interested in this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Yeah. That's, I actually added that to my dating profile, which I never go on. Yods are the only thing I'm going to get out of this app if we match is something to use on stage for stand-up. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and quite honestly, that's the only reason I keep dating profiles. I'm not expecting to meet someone from swiping while I'm taking a shit. I'm just like, yeah, it could be funny interactions on here. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> that's the... Uh, I actually... The, the best thing I did was I my phone, I had T-Mobile, and I didn't have service where I used to work. And uh, so I couldn't load pictures on there. I could just see their bio. So I started taking notes of, uh, like, 80% of these women, age 23 to 35, 40, uh, they love outdoor adventures. Yeah. <laughs> where the fuck are these people having these adventures? Yeah. <laughs> Especially around me. We don't have mountains. We have beaches. I don't think yeah. that's an adventure to go to the. <laughs> so, no, that's and that's maybe one area where again I have a bit of a uh, a different viewpoint than <laughs> some of the other people. Yeah, and that that's what makes you unique on stage because you can turn that into something that makes them think of things that they'd never thought of before. So, what is uh? Have, <coughs> excuse me, have you had a? Uh, a uh, a moment where now your wife goes. This kind of ties into what I was asking. Your wife goes to all your stand up, correct, or most of not it? Not all, but not all. But she comes to the ones that are. So, so she used to go to open mics with me, and and the reason why I took her to open mics was because I wanted to know if I should keep doing this or not. And basically the only question I would ask her after the open mic was done and we were driving home was, was I the worst? <laughs> and, 
if I if I was the worst more than two times in a row, I was just going to quit. And I was so fortunately, and she's very honest with me. We don't, you know, there's no reason for her to say I was good when I sucked. So, you know, she would tell me, you know what? took you a really long time to get to the punch on that one that that one wasn't so good and then she also tells me when i do well but after i got to the point where i knew i wasn't going to be the worst i was like you don't have to come to open mics unless you want to so she she didn't come most of the time but most of the shows where i want to where i'm traveling or something like that i mean we're kind of joined at the hip so going without her would would not seem natural so having her in the audience is because i'm only up there for as long as i'm doing my set for so having her there to um be with me afterwards is nice so she does come and then i have to do equal stuff with her like go hiking and stuff like that so you know (laughs) so so we you know we we trade off on what we do but yeah she is at most of the important ones that i do Gotcha. Have you had a most embarrassing or devastating uh, set or a moment on stage that just, just uh, I mean, I, I, again, you mentioned kind of people who have lived life and had a lot more significant stuff than bombing happen. You're a little bit more bomb-proof than others. But have you yeah. had a moment where you're just like, oh, my God, this is, <laughs> I need to get Yeah, it was, it was really a whole night because in... 2019 before the pandemic i had made a deal with a friend of mine who owns a really nice uh, rock club and he would let me do comedy there on thursday night so i would either do um myself as a host and a feature act and a headliner or i'd do like a showcase where i had nine or ten comics or whatever and i had the idea because i really like this group the group of comics around here and none of them had a professional reel. They didn't. They, they had stuff that they'd done on their phones and stuff like that. But none of them had professionally videographed reels. So I said, "Okay, let's do this. You guys all get ten minutes. I hire a professional videographer, and he does. He uh, videos your set. Instead of you getting paid, because I paid him before. Instead of you getting paid, I'm going to pay him, and your pay is getting this video." So I did that, and it turns out that there were there was a table of about four people talking loudly behind the guy who was doing the videography, oh. and he had to, in order to make it so that it wasn't so prominent in the audio for the video, he had to muffle all the crowd sounds so you couldn't hear the laughter. And it wasn't a super good crowd anyway, so my set sucked. My set was just absolutely awful. I, I, I still have it. I watch it every once in a while when I want to get grounded uh, because it's just I know how bad I can be. Everybody had a shitty set that night, and uh, well, no one guy, one guy, Dean, he had a pretty good set, but none of them are using that video. <laughs> Because, first of all, there's no laughter that you can hear. you got to crank it to hear the laughter. And second off, everybody just had shitty sets. So that, for me, I mean, it was so disappointing uh, for me because I was trying to do something nice for people, and it didn't turn out good for them. I, I had one guy, he came from a couple hours away to do it, and I um, and then my set 
stunk and it was just it was just bad all around so i was i was that was the only time i was actually pretty depressed after after a, doing that particular set for a while i was like man i feel like i really let people down and i should have known those people were talking and i should have shut them up and that way that we we could have uh, had the laughter and maybe everything would have been better but that was that's my absolute worst moment Gotcha. One one thing I love that I, t- I take out of that, <clears throat> and I love this in general, uh, I, I think I thought comedy would be a little more cutthroat, meaning uh, people wouldn't like uh, other people who potentially could steal a job from them or something. Yes. And I found, yes. and maybe it's because I'm a nobody, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I found that the comedy community, again, I, the fact that I emailed Doug Stanhope, who's a well-known comedian and he within an hour responded to me with a with like they really the comedy community really for the most everyone i've interacted with Mm -hmm. really likes to take care of each other and that's i mean that's your story too you you probably felt worse because of the other people not getting good stuff out of that then yeah 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 and that is true there there you know um there's always competition and sometimes you are going for the same job as somebody that you are friends with or you, you know your acquaintances with, uh, you always need to be happy for the people that do well because people are going to pass you up. You're going to pass other people up and always just worry about yourself. And and supporting people, it, it does get more cutthroat. When you get on the coast, it's a lot more cutthroat because you're, you're going for that time. You want to be in front of that booker. You want to be in front of that person that's uh, uh, casting for the new sitcom or whatever. Sure. So it's a, it's a lot more cutthroat. And, and that's really, you know, it, it, it turns, turns people into jerks sometimes just because they have to live in that that type of animosity towards the other people because they're trying to get get that work and when we're at our level um it's not so much i mean being supportive is a lot better than just being a dick all the time so uh so it's it's not as bad i I do know people like in Chicago, I know that they're a pretty close-knit group, even though that's pretty cutthroat too, um, because it's, I mean, besides the coast, that's probably number three uh, as far as comedy hubs, and um, they're all pretty darn supportive of each other from what I can see. So, yeah, it's it's not as bad as you think, but it can be as bad as you think. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, it's funny, and I wish I remembered which, because this was a well-known comedian, too, because I reached out to a few of them. The one who told me, uh, basically, hey, you, you want to write, that's fine. You still have no choice but to go do stand-up. And to, he said, I'd start a podcast, too, because half of this success in this industry is networking. You know, oh, yeah. you, you, you might just be a nice guy to hang out with, and you casually mention to someone else that you like writing and Sure enough, hey, your my buddy mentioned he needs someone for a writer's room. Hey, I know this funny guy. Um, yeah. So that was his advice: was to kind of uh, dabble in everything, especially if. I mean, my my goal is just to make a 
be able to quit my my real job, frankly, and yeah. and, may, and I don't care whether it's. I mean, I I stand up is probably the thing I'm least uh, secure about. <laughs> uh, I think right. podcasting. I don't. You know, I don't know if it's any good, but I I it's easy. <laughs> I mean, it's easy yeah. to to talk. Right. Um, but even that, he said that kind of stuff helps with your writing too, because you find a voice yeah. and that really, I, I, I can see the benefit of that, but have you, uh, long, long winded question again, because, uh, you can tell I'm a comedian cause I'm a narcissist. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, what's, what would you say the best advice you've received? I mean, yeah, it's one of my questions. I, I ask that to almost everybody mm. that's on my show. Yeah, I may have stole that from you now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, really, really the best advice, and a lot of people have paraphrased this when I've asked them, is that you should listen to the advice that you get from other comics, but don't let it stop you from doing what you need to do, because... Uh, I'll tell you a story. I've said it so many times. Jeff Foxworthy was touring with uh, a, a friend of mine. And they were, I think they were in Chicago or Wisconsin. And this was in the early 80s. And he said to my friend, hey, I got this idea. You might be a redneck if. <laughs> and he started r- rattling off. My friend said, that's hacky. It'll never work. <laughs> <laughs> so if he would have listened, guess what? Nobody would know Jeff Foxworthy's name right now. So no one. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that, that's yeah. great too because that was one of the uh, the first one of my best friends in high school. I remember I was over at his house. I think we were playing pool or something, and he's like, "Listen to this Jeff Foxworthy guy," and that was yeah, that was all of his stuff, and it was like. Even though I'm from Florida, I'm not really a, a Southerner. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay is its own little pocket. <laughs> but yeah. I found it hilarious because I, yeah. you, know, you still know people like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, that's, that is, uh, yeah, you, the advice you get is not always correct. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it is. So you got to sure. really, you really got to weed out what's going to work for you and what's not. I got a piece of advice one time on a set or a, a particular bit that I do about it, it's the of my uh, wife and I having stuff in common. And one of the things I do is I like to insert young language into my set. So yes. <laughs> if there's young people having somebody my age call my wife my boo or my shorty or whatever, that's funny. Um, so one of the things I say we have in common is we don't front. And I <laughs> say, you know, I don't front, she don't front. And my buddy says you know, you should punctuate that by saying, we don't fuck around. And I did it. I tried it a couple times and I got laughs, but I didn't get any more laughs. And if I didn't put it in there and that violated my particular way of doing comedy. So I had to take it out. It's funny. It's good. It would work, work for probably just about anybody else, but it doesn't work for me. And I, I had to try it to find out. And it's just not me. No, I, I I saw that bit, and I think it works without it. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. it, it, I'm, like you said, it works either way. But uh, yeah. if that's the only time you're going to say fuck in the entire <laughs> set, yeah. Yeah. it's not needed, and you can easily clean it up. I like the uh, yeah. oh god, what was the other one you dropped? The uh, uh, AF 
and I forget what you said it was. Uh, oh, yeah, we're in love AF, uh, always and forever. Always and forever, I, yes. I, I, I do a little pause there because everybody's like, uh, you know, and and then I say always and forever, and then that usually gets a pretty good laugh. Yeah, no, that was, that, that was, uh, that was good as well. I mean, uh, the whole, I think I watched several of your videos and a lot of them had some of the the same uh stuff but it was interesting to see they were differently organized like you said yeah uh differently sculpted so no i i i love that and i i'm actually interested whether other comedians have almost similar uh raw footage so to speak you know like I'd love to see a guy who does an hour special and see his rough cut of how he first brought out a, you know, I, that would actually yeah. make an interesting uh, documentary or or, or I, I, instructional video. I'm not sure how that would work. But. Right. And there's a couple school of thoughts from comedians on that. I have some comedians that just put everything up and they leave mm-hmm. it up there and they, they put, you know, they've been doing it for 15 years and they put a set that they did one of their first sets they keep it up there and some comedians don't want any of their stuff up there unless it's completely professional and it's been on a special so right. they you know some people are totally different about that and you know for me where i'm at i just like to have that stuff sitting there first first off some of it's better than others uh, and obviously better than others and i can look back at it and say mm, you know i uh, i got better but uh, other people can look at it and say, "Hey, you know, he's really working. He, you know, this one, this one was like a three, and this one was a five, and this one was a seven. So he's def- definitely putting effort into it. So I keep them up there, and they, you know, I it, I always get surprised when somebody says they watched it because <laughs> I I never really watch my video views or, and stuff like that, and then I forget what I have up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, I I do my research, especially when it's just watching some stand up. That's a pretty easy research to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I know we are almost at an hour here, so I don't want to, especially with the way I cut off someone in the past. Um, Beyond the Bits podcast, uh, where where should people follow you? Subscribe to you? Give me your. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's behind the bits, but um, behind the bits. Oh my god! Yeah, yes. behind the bits, and that's my hand. In order to <laughs> in order to listen to it, and that's all I really worry about is type in behind the bits on any podcast app, and I'm there. It's a blue uh, blue uh, comedy and tragedy mask with a microphone. I've been told it has a Rick and Morty look to it. Yeah, I don't know it who does. Rick and Morty are, but that's that's what I've been told. So, uh, so, so there you go. So it's there. I've got a website called the BTBPC because somebody has behind the bits and they won't sell it to me. And um, most of the other social medias, it's behind the bits or behind the bits podcast. Uh, Instagram's my one of my big ones i put a lot of weird videos and i also do a lot of uh funky memes about uh podcasting uh so that's my favorite place i'm on twitter as the btbpc because somebody took behind the bits and they won't give it to me but just type behind the bits on any of them and you'll find me Gotcha. Yeah, behind the bits, uh, and it is again. I I listen to it. I subscribe to it, not just for research. I'm going to keep listening to it because I think anyone who's got a, uh, a, a a 
funny bone in their body, so to speak, can yeah. can learn from it. And yeah, you know, I, yeah, I feel I, I just would. My goal is that everybody comes up with at least one nugget from every episode that they can say, "Hey, I can, I I can learn from that. I can take that and I can use that in my comedy." Or if you're just a comedy nerd, if you just want to know what comedy's like. Uh, on the for reals rather than uh, seeing it on TV it, you can find out what it's actually like and one of, you know I one of my favorite things is I had Tom Dreesen who's my hero as my first guest yes and, you know I was so starstruck if you listen to that very closely uh, when I'm bringing him on I am choked up I am uh, starting to cry because I had Tom Dreesen on there and I fortunately I recovered and I, I didn't start just bawling uh, <laughs> while I had, had him on the podcast but I uh, I did choke up a little bit and you can hear me my voice hitch a little bit so I, I'm very happy about that I'll, I'll have to re-listen to that so I can catch it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's you know what's funny. That's that's again. That's part of that comedian. Thing. Even my children, my buddy grows uh, micrograins or microgreens. I don't even know. I'm not good with words, obviously. Uh-huh. But, but he he grew uh, kale and and uh, salad blend and speckled yeah. pea. And my kids would try the other ones. They're like, we know you pissed on that. We're not trying that. I'm like, what? Like you always are telling jokes. I'm like, why would I pee on? That's that's the downside. Your your wife can probably testify. That's the downside of living with someone who likes to make jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have to they peed in your food. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, I had a uh, I had a really fun time, and I learned some uh, valuable information. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, giving me your time today. Yeah, this was fun. It's always good to meet somebody who's uh, especially when you're starting later in life because it's. It's harder and it's easier at the same time. So that's what I like to tell everybody. It's, you don't have as much pressure, uh, but uh, you do you do have to prove yourself a little bit more because you're a newbie and you're old at the same time. So you, there's a little bit more proving to do there. So <laughs> it's like I said, it's easier and it's harder at the same time. Yeah, abs- absolutely agree. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, I hope we can uh, keep in touch, and uh, I will keep listening to Behind the Bits, and I'll link everything in the show notes underneath. So, uh, Thanks again, Scott. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Bye. Well, there you have it, me and Scott Curtis, comedian and host of Behind the Bits. I'm such an asshole, and I have very poor penmanship. So, apologies to Scott for mispronouncing that a few times, but really enjoyed talking to him, picking his brain. Uh, It was a good time, and uh, he's a funny guy. Check him out on uh, YouTube. He's got some stand-up up there, and his podcast, again, if you're a comedy geek or uh, just uh, have any interest, again, I, I've said many, many times, including on this podcast, comedy is uh, so many different jobs, uh, from marketing to stand-up to acting to making films, you know, it's it's comedy's all connected a little bit, so... If you have any interest 
in any of that. I highly recommend his podcast. Uh, very, as he said, it's it's kind of a professional uh, podcast about uh, comedy in the process, as opposed to kind of uh, cutting it up. You know, just just uh, comedians having having fun. Uh, so really fun to listen to. So. I'll link everything in the show notes below. Hey, please like and subscribe. Give me a five-star rating. Uh, What else? Tell a friend. I would love to see the uh, audience continue to grow uh, as it did last week. And uh, again, the more the audience grows, the more I get great guests. So if you have any... uh, any questions you want to send me, please feel free. I'm at St. J. Mac on Twitter and Instagram, the Jeff Macalino Podcast Facebook group. And again, follow, like, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Peace.